Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey everybody, welcome to Ruin. This is Hallie. And this is Allison. Look at that. Perfect. Nailed it. We're here for another episode. Oh, God, we're already off to a rough start. <laughs> no, they can't expect anything from us. Just from, That's what I tell myself. No. They expect nothing and they will get nothing. Starting is hard, I would say. Starting anything. It's like, I think about it a lot. Like, when I think about our podcast, I think about, like, going for a run, mm-hmm. um, which is something I don't do anymore, but I used to, like— <laughs> When I would be, like, I would, like, walk, like, to, like, the point I would, like, to, like, start my run. So it was, like, exactly, like, two miles or whatever. But, like, walking and then all of a sudden be, like, and now I'm running. <laughs> like, there's just no, it's, like, not a very seamless. Right, It yeah. just feels weird to just start running. So that's how I feel about this. I feel like at the beginning of every episode, you look like you're about to start running. Like, the moment, <laughs> look of terror on your face. <laughs> Well, now that we have the countdown that starts um, sometimes before we record, like, strikes panic into me, as if any of this isn't, like, edited or fixed or, like, whatever. (laughs) There's something about it that just, like, is anxiety-inducing. And then I have to remember my name and then talk to you. It's a whole thing. Guys, in case you haven't listened to Ruin before, this is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie. (laughs) We also really just air our issues with with ourselves uh, that we're working on. Um, speaking on yeah. problems within ourselves that we are working on, in this case, yes. quite literally, this week, uh, well, well, before we reveal that, actually, we are going to read a a piece of fan mail, which we really appreciate yes. you guys sending in. I When this hit the inbox the other day, I was just like, mail! I don't know. I feel like, e- like email to the ruined uh, email address is like fun mail, and then every other thing I get is a nightmare. Oh, I know. It's just me trying to find W-2s for jobs I oh, barely no, ever doing. Oh, the scariest time of year, March Woo! 15th to April 15th. Allison, would you like to read the email? Because yes. I feel like it's directed to she you. She addressed me a yes. bit, but then I think this is also something that you and I should be talking about. Um, Megan O, thank you for emailing us, Megan O. Um, Sent this email after seeing The Wretched. She said, it ruined me. I am ruined. I am a 34-year-old, and I'm more scared of the dark than my kids are. But I'm also scared during the day because The Wretched is anytime, (laughs) anywhere. Which I think is a great description of what The Wretched is. It's anytime, it's anywhere. And she wanted to reach out and ask me if I had any coping strategies for working through the scary movie fear. Mm -hmm. You know, in addition, obviously, to keeping a (laughs) 20-pound bag of salt in my car for protection against uh, evil, which if I had a car, there would absolutely be salt in it for many reasons. Um, uh, She said, I need help because if I see a dead flower, I might shit my pants Mm -hmm. and die because I'm Mm -hmm. that scared of this movie. So a coping strategy. I mean... I have to say, when we record this podcast and it's late enough in the day that we've closed in on being within eight hours of me going to sleep, mm-hmm. uh, it's not great. It, there are nightmares. And based on your sleep schedule, I feel like that's any time. Like, we, I don't know when you're about to <laughs> and, just fall into a nap. It could be as soon as we, like, close our laptops, I'm asleep and gone. I will say that talking to Hallie all day, every day about other things is part of my coping. Like, more to us not associate you with terror. So, like, you know, we talk on this podcast about scary things, but it's nice to then uh, G-chat you about eggs and not, you know, that, for me, saves our relationship. I, I'm, <laughs> that we I'm talk glad all that that helps. It helps me, too. I, um, I feel like <laughs> I have two suggestions. One, which I think I've talked about on the podcast, is if you're seeing something scary in a movie or a TV show, just remind yourself of how many people had to audition for those roles the fact oh, that they had to great. go to makeup, 
They had to, they probably, there are a lot of people who got rejected who would have loved to have been a part of it. There's like a craft service table outside where they're eating like yeah. granola bars. And and so I think that's a great way. Somebody got an annoying email from their agent that was like, here's the sides, but you got to go to Santa Monica on Friday. Exactly. Like, okay. Like it's all of a sudden, it's like the tedium of being in the entertainment industry. Yeah. All of a sudden there, you have to sit around for 12 hours in zombie makeup. And then my second one, which is, I think, important, I think, for, you know, for all things, because so I, I have a lot of uh, fears outside of the cinematic horror realm, is just think about the statistics and the likelihood of something. You know, I was watching, I believe it was BuzzFeed, uh, does like BuzzFeed Unsolved, um, where they, you know, explore different unsolved things. And the two hosts were going like to— listicles that never end. <laughs> right, yeah. The, the paranormal <laughs> experience of being on the internet. Um, but they were going to go search for uh, Sasquatch. And— uh, one of them, who was sort of a, a true believer in a lot of things, was really, really afraid of being attacked by Sasquatch. And I was like, what is the likelihood that that, that you, beating all of us, will be the first person murdered on camera by Sasquatch? It's just not yeah. high. It's just, it, you know, slowly like the wretch is like, what's the likelihood of the wretch, the thing, a thing that does not exist and there's no evidence of it? You right. happen to be the family that targeted the first family of all time. Just... It's just not likely, you know? So I take a lot of solace in science and math, which unfortunately <laughs> brings us to our, our uh, movie of this week, which is show you that you yes. shouldn't trust science. You absolutely shouldn't. Yeah, but I think that those are great and uh, helpful for me also. So Megan O, I hope that that helps. Uh, the wretch is not going to come get you, but you should keep salt in your car either way. Yeah, you just never know. You're going to use salt. Yeah, I mean, like, how many times have some, you know, you get fries and they're steak fries, and you're like, these are never going to be salty enough. That's a great time to have a lot of salt in your car. So, yeah, we've we got we've got some coping strategies. We'll try and hit you with more of those as, if I, if I find any that truly help, I will, I will let all of you know. But so far, um, I live in constant terror of these movies, including this week's, which looks awful. Um, and this week's is, of course, we're going to keep our creature feature theme, our loose creature th- feature theme um, for March. Uh, the movie we're doing is, of course, 2009's Splice. Um, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. I did not like it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very scary. Um, I remember this trailer from, like, life, like when this movie was coming out. I remember seeing this trailer and, like, the... The creature is very scary, but then also sexy. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, I mean, a hot creature, which is, was, again, we started talking creature. about with Leprechaun. They had to really dress down Warwick Davis because a hot yeah. creature, that's a whole other kind of scare. That's a different, I mean, also like, and then not a creature, but like you think about like hot villain, like mm-hmm. Candyman, another oh, like absolutely. challenging, you know, two sides to a coin. You have to figure, I mean, I guess terror and being turned on or are similar. They, they certainly are for me, you know. I, what goes hand in hand, <laughs> for sure. But I'm glad that you immediately called out that the monster is hot because I feel like I was going to say that. I'm like, is that gross? But I guess it has to be hot or else, like, it's just a monster. Or else it's like, well, yeah, this is just a creature, you know. Right. Without knowing, you know, much about the movie plot yet at this point in the podcast, I will say that it seems from the trailer like, you know, it being it being human like oid and being hot or pretty mm-hmm. is like part of why it isn't just instantly killed. Absolutely, <laughs> and started over. I did appreciate in the trailer that they were giving us time markers. That it was like day one. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what was happening. Day five, it's crawling. Day, like I really like when movies, trailers, reality shows are very clear about uh, time. Right. Timelines. And I, so. I think it's also to make clear, like, this monster is is uh, rapidly evolving in the movie. So it's not like it's a movie over 20 years. Yes. We also like to take a baseline scary. So, Allison, how scary do you find the concept of playing God? Ooh, very. Mm-hmm. Very scary. We shouldn't be messing with stuff. You said it. Though then I also, like, I don't know. Then it becomes a very, we get, like, really intense and political on this. I'm like, it's a slippery slope. What do you call in vitro? No. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think that, like, obviously there are lots of things that I support for reproductive um, options for people. But I think once you're like, we're going to clone a human spliced with something else, I think that's where things get very scary very quickly. Good. And I want to have a conversation about this at the end after the movie because okay. I feel like this is, you know, I have the same way where I'm like, well, this is obviously wrong. I'm like, well, I guess as someone who knows very little about science, like they're, they're probably doing stuff I don't know anything about. You know, hopefully uh, those scientists have, uh, you know, uh, ethical go- boundaries in place. But uh, let's be honest, I don't know. I'm not checking. 
But also, like, once you get super, I mean, like, we can talk about this at the end once I know, like, the plot of the movie. But, like, also, once you get super, I imagine if you're a scientist and, like, this is your world, like, once you're so deep into this world, I can be, I can understand how people could lose their moral thread because you're like, everything is this. Like, great. I'm so glad you said that because that is exactly the plot of the movie. So let us begin. Um, but first, before we do, I'd like to ask you, Allison, would you like to guess the twist? Do you think there is a twist in the, in Splice? Guess the twist. I'm going to guess that it's like the la- the human lady might be genetically related to the creature. Mm-hmm. That maybe it's like her DNA. And are you saying this because they look similar or you're I just I feel like she's like, she's like, aw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's it. Insightful. (laughs) This is a woman of insight, gentlemen. (laughs) I am smart. So let us begin. We are about to ruin the movie, Splice. We open on our scientist, Clive, played by Adrian Brody, and Elsa, who's played by Sarah Polly. And they work at the Nucleid Exchange Research and Development uh, Organization, or NERD. So there's just, it says oh. nerd on everything, which I'm like, all right. And there's a lot of okay. moments in this movie. I want to be clear, I love Splice, but like there's a lot of moments where I'm like, okay, okay, okay. You know, um, and so <laughs> they have made, they have made two totally new creatures. And these creatures look, what I would describe them as like cat-sized sleeping bags that can move around. Excuse me? Or maggots the size of rabbits. So they're like these eyeless sort of wormy things. No, Why? To prove that they can't. Well, basically, their names are Fred and Ginger. And we see them meet for the first time. They're a male and a female. And they sort of, you see their little tongues come out and they wind around each other in this little, like, imprinting ceremony. But everything seems to be going well. And essentially, these are totally new species that they have created in the lab. And their goal is to use them to synthesize a protein that they'll be able to use to uh, make all these medications for livestock. So, like, cattle and everything. So, oh, sure. which is a lot of like what size now is sort of like how do we create organisms or systems where we could create, um, you know, things that'll serve human. And I think there's humans, there's some things that walk up to that level um, of mm-hmm. sort of like how do we, how can we create essentially a little, a little fleshy sack full of medicine for humans, but also yeah. make sure it's not actually alive. And that's what this movie is. Because uh, that's an important distinction. I guess that's like the biological like if Westworld is the robotic side of this, that this is the biological side of this coin of like what's alive. Right, exactly. And these things, Fred and Ginger are alive, but they don't have eyes, they don't have faces, they aren't Mm -hmm. seemingly sentient in the way that a human is, but they made them. And they're meeting with their bosses, Barlow, and the CEO of Newstead Pharmaceuticals. Her name is Joan Sherritt. And they are explaining this, you know, uh, this experiment, which I was very wowed by. I'm like, they made these completely new species. And Barlow's like, okay, but like, can we, how do we make money off of it? Always the question. Barlow and Joan are excited about the creation of Fred and Ginger. But Clive and Elsa are like, you know, we could probably make something that could create medication for humans if we were allowed to use human DNA. Barlow and Joan, of course, are like, that's illegal and unethical. You're not going to do that. You're just going to work on this thing we tell you to work on. Um, which I think is, it's good that at least somebody yes. is saying to them up top, you're not going to do this. So, yes, I think that's important. So what their test is doing is sort of like going through and finding out what gene within these creatures is able to synthesize this protein. And Elsa says to Clive, I'm not spending the next five years of being a genius digging through pig shit trying to isolate a protein. And he agrees with her. Like, they think that the idea, like, oh, you, now you have to work on this thing that you created for the next five years of your career is incredibly limiting. I think it seems uh, great. I think that this is a huge achievement for them. Yeah. If this also like if this becomes how we harvested, you know, proteins to make medicine, like you did it. <laughs> like exactly, you solved a massive like global biological problem. Well, right. I think you with got science. It. Exactly. Give yourself some credit here. Just because it's not immediately applicable to humans, because you're not allowed to use right. human DNA, it doesn't mean it's not an achievement. This is kind of like right. in the fly where it's like, oh, I can only transport objects. It's like, that's huge. That is big. Yes, exactly. And like, yeah, whoever's, like, there's lots of things now that I, like, are, but like the original inception of them, I'm like, well, thank God for that. Like the printing press. Like I don't read the <laughs> Gutenberg Bible, but I love being able to purchase a book. 
Um, I just want to say, I've actually touched a Gutenberg Bible in <gasps> the Humanities Branch of the New York Public Library. Well, I, went to, I got my master's in library science. That's right, you did. And I took a special studies class. And the last class of this one course I took, you were allowed to touch one of the Gutenberg's bi- <gasps> Bibles. Did you have a glove on? No, you had to, actually, they tell you, to, they, so you, we all washed our hands so they didn't have any oils on them. Because I guess they actually, uh, using gloves on books those that old, uh, you're more likely to tear them versus tear. if it's just your bare hands. But somebody mm-hmm. was chewing gum, and the <gasps> librarian almost, like, had a heart attack. He's like, what are you doing? You can't be around this book. Oh, book. my God. And interestingly, at least the one that we saw, it was re- it was uh, in a private collection. It was rebound, like, in the 70s. So the binding is, like, this incredibly, like, bright, paisley 70s binding. Because somebody owned one of the Gutenberg Bibles. But now it belongs to the library, so that's, I feel like that's better. I'm happy that the library has it. After this meeting, Clive and Elsa go back to Nerd. And oh, we're they, back in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I no, like, I did. What I did not go back to my laboratory and yeah, put splice of uh, Gutenberg Bible with the Bible, human DNA, and create myself. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Clive and Elsa go back to nerd, and they immediately start mixing up a new species with human DNA. Immediately, and they start. They're using an egg from an anonymous female Jane Doe. I, I don't know who this. It's like if, if you guys got eggs. Same with the baboons. If there's just eggs lying around, I feel like those people should know what those eggs are being used for. Or maybe you just sign, like, you're allowed to do whatever. I don't know. Yeah, they're not like, leave a penny, take a penny. And so they're they're going through this process. They're trying to create, essentially, like, a Fred and Ginger type of creature with a human DNA, and they can't figure it out. They can't figure it out. And then Clyde puts out jazz, and he's like, it's like jazz. Everybody oh. dances with everybody. And you're like, okay. But uh, they're it's able the to mix it up. organisms you're not creating. Um, they're <laughs> able to mix it up, and uh, Elsa sort of makes a unilateral decision, unilateral decision we are going to gestate this egg, like once they fertilize it. And Clive correctly points out, you know, once we do this, we are now breaking both ethical and legal boundaries. And Elsa replies, human cloning is illegal. This won't be human, not entirely. I feel like there are laws against this, though. Now. There absolutely are. And if there are not, there should be. Um, and this sets up in the movie, Clive is the one who has these like m- sort of moral considerations. And Elsa, because she is a genius, is someone's like, if I can't do it, I just want to push this to the absolute limit. So. Okay. I, I mean, like, I get it. Yeah. From her ambition and curiosity side. Like, I understand that. But at the same time, um, you live in the world. So, no. Well, and, and that's, that's uh, you know, if you're a scientist right in, have you ever been tempted to just push the, the go button on the artificial uterus? Because that's what they end up doing. So they are now trying to gestate this creature, which is uh, part any everything, grab bag, part human DNA, and it's being gestated in this um, artificial tank that's like an artificial uterus. Meanwhile, Clive's younger brother, Gavin, is also a scientist at NERD, and he's been working on the Fred and Ginger trying to synthesize, you know, this uh, protein. And we've seen a bunch of other creatures. There's like um, a pair called like Bogey and Bacall. So they've been at this for a long time. But okay. Gavin doesn't know um, about the creature, but he does say to Clive one day, like, I can't help but wonder what you and Elsa have been so busy with. And Clive says, oh, I'm building you a friend. And Gavin says, that's good, because I've been so lonely. I also like to think that everyone at Nerd is actually just the members. It's like the NERD guys. It's like Pharrell. And all oh, that. yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah, it's, if you're picturing Gavin, picture Pharrell. It's not him, but that's a fun Perfect. visual image. Um, yeah. So they're, so they're just saying this thing, uh, again, illicitly, illegally, without their colleagues knowing about it within the lab. Meanwhile, we find out that they've been together, they've been living together like seven years, and Clive is interested in eventually getting married and having kids. And Elsa is very much against having kids. And the reason is that we find out that her mother was extremely abusive, and abusive and like neglectful in this really traumatic way. So she sort of keeps kicking the can, not exactly saying, no, I won't do it, but like sort of, you know, she says to him, well, maybe we should have to invent male pregnancy, you know, and sort of kick the can down the line. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's sort of like their, their ongoing sort of debate, but they're still together. And I'd rather seems. they be focused on that. <laughs> right, that would be nice. But instead they, they have a, a, a something of a baby in the lab. And they suddenly get an alert from the lab. It's the middle of the night, and they run there, and it turns out the artificial womb is failing. And Elsa puts her hand up into the machine, which, again, is shaped essentially like you'd be putting a hand up a uterus, and um, something grabs her. The creature inside uh, grabs her and, like, pulls her into the machine. So Clive ends up having to get a pole or something and smashing open the glass of the artificial womb. And it deposits both this sort of gigantic, slimy, wriggling tadpole 
it's like the size of a football with a tail. And then oh, Elsa okay. hits the ground and it turns out that the thing has stung her and she is now going into anaphylactic shock. Like, it, you know, there's, no. this thing has some sort of toxin. And that's what happens. And Clive has to jab her with an EpiPen. I was just like, what? How do you like, ha- like, how do you know how to treat a poison that from a creature that ostensibly has never existed before? Has never existed before. And that's why I don't feel bad, like, when I kind of like mess up or I don't know exactly what the science thing we're talking about. That's fine because I don't think the movie really cares either. It's just like, sure, no. he has an EpiPen and that works. Yeah, they're just kind of like loosely, like, we'll take some from what we do now and some from what we're making up and kind of. Yeah, you get create. it. It's science. And so the, the giant fleshy tadpole is wriggling around and, and Clive tra- traps it under a plastic bin. And Clive is like, we have to euthanize this thing. Like, we've created an abomination. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, we don't, Kill it. Yeah, we don't know if it's in terrible pain, you know. And they put the creature in the incubator and Elsa's really, like, I think we should just, like, examine it and whatever. And Clive says, no, I'm putting mm-hmm. my foot down. We don't, we, ha- we, we went too far and we have to kill it. And eventually, they the next morning, Elsa sort of agrees, and they go to take out the incubator. And it turns out that the Wrigley tadpole thing was just a um, cocoon, and it has ripped open, and out of it has emerged a very cute, gross little creature that I'm trying to describe. It looks like a cross okay. between a rabbit and a chicken, and a little bit like a human baby, but in a way that is still what, cute. What parts of rabbit and what parts of chicken? Is walking on two legs, so it's kind of like standing up like a chicken. And it has okay. the face of a rabbit and sort of the head of a human baby. And it has no arms and f- no fur or feather. It has, like, flesh. And it has, like, its head has a big cleft down it. Like, its head is sort of split. Yes. Which you saw in the trailer. Yes. yes. Um, but it's kind of cute. And it has, like, little, like, um, whiskers, sort of. And yeah. so they go in and Elsa... Because again, this woman's a genius. Takes off her mask and her gloves. Again, we it stung her. We know it has some sort of poisonous right. capabilities. And she calls the creature over to her, and she says, "Oh, it's imprinting on me." And they have this huge Girl. argument. And Clive comes in, and he's about to bash the creature in the head with again another pole they have lying around the lab, like you do. Yeah, lots of weapons. And we see at the end of its tail, it has like a retractable stinger. Like um, like a rattlesnake's tooth, like can yes. drop down. It emerges from his tail, so that's where we understand. Like, oh, that's what stung her when it when she reached in the artificial womb. Right. Clive says, "We, I understand. It's cuter than it was yesterday. It looks great. Yep. We love it. I get that. Adorable. Love it. But we still have to use it as an eyes because we've created a, a scientific abomination." And Elsa yep. says, "We won't be doing that." Allison, what would you do? <laughs> What would you do? I would be like, hey, would you go get me a soda? Like, I'm just super thirsty. Mm -hmm. And then while she's gone, I would kill it. Great. Okay. That would be my, and then I would tell our bosses that happened and be like, hey, so we did this. We weren't supposed to. Oh, so you'd be honest with your bosses. I feel like you'd get fired though. It would be, I don't know, because I would be like nervous that she would be like, I saved some of it, or I fit, I, I made mm. a second one, or like I'm doing it again without you, or whatever. Right? Why wouldn't she? You're, I would you're want everything right. on the everything on the table for like what has happened, so that it absolutely can't happen again without my involvement, which would be much scarier. Elson, you're an incredibly moral and ethical person, and if you were in this movie, <laughs> it would be about 20 minutes long. So we got to keep going because that's absolutely yeah, that's not true. what they yep. do. Mm-hmm. So yep. uh, Elsa prevails on Clive to keep the creature alive, and they, they name it H50, which I'm assuming is like the number of times they've sure. attempted to make a creature in the lab. I don't know. And we find that it's aging super quickly. So it's not going to very live very long. So that's Elsa's pitch. Is like, if this thing's only going to be alive for a couple months or whatever, we'll just monitor it for its life cycle, and then we're good to go. It's not like this thing's going to be alive. You don't know it's only going to be alive for a few months. 100%. And again, much like uh, The Thing or really any science-based, um, you know, or um, even uh, The Descent, any science-based movie we've done, people are making wild assumptions that usually turn out to be yeah. true. And in this case, she is correct. Yeah. Um. So uh, while they're doing this, they've both been distracted from Fred and Ginger. And Gavin is sort of angry about it. And it's sort of like, you know, Ginger's estrogen levels are dropping and we can't figure out why. You know, what's wrong with the this pair? Presumably they're going to mate them. And Clive's like, wow, why didn't you tell me? Whatever. It's like, Clive, this is your project. The reason you're not paying attention is because you have this completely illegal, unethical other experiment that nobody knows about. Right. Get your work done. Then you can do your extracurriculars. 
And, you know, Gavin says, I've recorded all of it. You could just look at it like you're supposed to be doing. That's your job. Right. As they're talking, we can hear the creature that they made, H-50, screaming in the other room through the air ducts. And Gavin said, so how's that other experiment going? And instead of mm-hmm. telling his brother or, or sort of like figuring out a way to soundproof the room, he just turns on really loud metal music that all the scientists are like, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, a book smart, not street smart, is what we're learning from this movie. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of like, so they go in and the, the, the creature is essentially like a toddler or a baby. So they have a lot of physical comedy of them trying to feed it. And so eventually they have to bundle it up and try to feed it with um, like a dropper. But it only, we, they only figure out what to feed it when Elsa drops her um, container of Tic Tacs. And they realize that, oh, it loves sugar like a child. Oh. Because of course it's part human child. Of course it loves sugar. Right. Yeah. It's like that's what it. Mm. And so they they yes. and exactly so like just buy baby food at the store. It's sweet enough. So they sprinkle right. Tic Tacs into like this vegan glop, and it'll eat it that way. And it's like, Ugh. well, of course it's like a human baby. You put human da- DNA in here. I feel like I'm a scientist. You know. Yeah. I like. I feel like you and I could put together a more reasonable nutrition plan yes. for this thing than. Tic Tacs. And uh, Clive reasonably is like, I'm concerned that we are now treating it like a ba- like a baby as opposed to an experiment yeah. uh, because we had to feed it like a baby. And Elsa's like, you're being crazy. Literally that night when Clive was asleep, she goes through like her childhood stuff in her closet and finds like her dolls and her jewels and a photo of her mother. And you realize like, oh, she's having like a terrible childhood and it fucked her relationship. And that's yes. why she's sort of maybe projecting these motherhood and onto the creature. child onto... Clive also has a meeting with, with Barlow, and Barlow's like, we need you to figure out how to get this protein from Fred and Ginger. This is a non-negotiable. This is, we have to present them at a shareholder's presentation, you know, whatever, next week. And that's how we're going to get our next round of funding. If you fuck this up, we're going to have to shut down the lab, and you will personally be, you guys will personally be out of here. Like, I don't know what you're doing there, but we need this to happen. Again, is that how science works? I don't know, but I bought it. I don't know. It sounds more reasonable than this alternative. Oh, so a month later. Okay, so let's say the presentation's in six months or whatever. I don't know. So a month later, H50 has grown up. And unfortunately, they have started dressing her in human clothes. So she has a very cute little girl dress. And she has a little doll. I'm imagining E.T., though. Like, in the... (laughs) She, like when he has on the hat and the wig and the dress. I mean, kind of. It's 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 more human than that. It's like essentially like has like a human face now with eyes like on the either side of it with a cleft down mm-hmm. its skull. And it has a tail and then it has its its knees bend the other way and it has sort of little um kangaroo feet, I guess. Yeah. But other than that, it has arms now and it, other than that it looks like a human. It just looks like a little okay. a human with like a touch of Off. a monster, you know. Sure. Um but cute enough that you understand why Elsa has sort of you know, been taking care of it as if it was their child. Almost. Oh, it's still being kept in a secret room and, like, yeah. has to sleep in, in like, yeah, an incubator and fed, <laughs> like, slop or whatever in order to monitor it. And Elsa is teaching her with Scrabble tiles. Oh, another horror movie with Scrabble tiles. So it's got <gasps> you written all over it. It's got my number or my letter. And Elsa refuses to, or, uh, uh, the, the creature refuses to spell Elsa's name, but she can spell nerd because she's read it on all of their, like, lab equipment right. and stuff. Yeah. And Clive comes in. He's like, you have to stop this. Like, she's a specimen. You talk to her like a— and he's about to say child, but he says, a pet. You're acting like she's your pet. Yeah. She's a specimen. She's like, don't you call her a specimen? And he says, well, what should we call she her? She is. And he, she looks at the nerd spelled out and reads it upside down, and she said, oh, her name is going to be Dren, which is nerd back, backward. Again, oh sure. It's not a human All name, right. which maybe that's All good. Right, it creates a little distance. So now the creature, yeah. we, going forward, we're going to refer to the creature as Dren. And she says, she's getting too big. She needs more stimula- stimulation, you know. Clive says, well, unfortunately, I just found out that Barlow wants to redo this entire wing of the lab. So everyone's going to be in here, and they're going to find her. So they decide to move her to the storage room in the basement where no one goes. And Clive says— How big is she at this point? Like the size of like a six-year-old child. So not small. Oh, Okay. She's not oh. little. She's a human no. child-sized creature yes. who we, we've heard scream. She can't talk, but, like, she can um, uh, vocalize. Yeah, the noises in the trailer are awful. Yeah. It's like, I already kind of, like, forget what they are, but they're also haunting me, like, if that makes any sense. Right, I just like, remember being like, the sounds are so scary. I like the idea that, like, you could maybe work with a monster, but if it was making those sounds, you're like, I'm sorry, I, I have to get out of here. I thought I, I, yeah. com- I overcommitted yeah. to this monster. Not when it becomes audible. That's when it's a problem for me. 
just then, while they're having this discussion about what to do with her, now that the lab's being redone, Gavin walks in and is attacked by Dren because Dren's never met anyone but these two. Right. And she she um, almost stings him with her uh, tail stinger, which, as you can imagine, Gavin is very freaked out and runs out of the room. And Elsa's uh, yeah, like— Yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, now Elsa's like, oh, yeah. God, now we have to deal with this. It's like, what is your long-term plan? Like, are you going to reveal her to the world? Like— Yes, of course, someone else is going to find out. Like, if you're not going to euthanize her or it, if you're not going to euthanize it, then eventually other people will find out. Like, it doesn't seem like they have really figured out. And they guess maybe at some point, they're so myopic with the fact that they were able to do this. They didn't ask if they should. And most probably didn't ask what what will happen six months from now. Yeah, Right. There's no long-term plan here. They're just kind of like fly-by-night, day-to-day figuring out, which doesn't really work for science. Clive is able to convince Gavin not to tell anyone, and Gavin says, like, that's fine, um, but I'm just letting you know, like, if you ruin this, you will ruin this for everyone in the lab. Everyone will lose their jobs. We will all be discredited. This is not just you anymore. And you could blame Elsa, which she has been doing, for leading this experiment, but you don't seem to be pushing back on it. Like, anytime push comes to shove, Clive's like, okay, sure, you know. He's not standing up and being like, we should have already done X, Y, and Z, euthanize the creature. At the same time, they move. Uh, they have moved Dren down into the storage room, which no one goes to, and she has a fever. And Elsa says, "We have to take her somewhere." And Clive's like, "Take her where? 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 Go? What? What hospital does monster science and monster medicine? Yeah, you can't be like, oh, let's roll down to City MD because they're open twenty four hours. Like that's not." That's not in the cards. You can't do that. You walk in there with a cut on your hand. They look at you like you brought in a monster. You're going to yeah, bring in the actual like, monster. They're like, we can't fix that. <laughs> Absolutely not. But uh, Dren has a uh, is burning up with fever and coughing, and Elsa's really distraught. And so Clive says, well, let's put her in these, like, uh, you know, the big metal scientific sinks, and we'll put her in cold water and try to drive down the fever. And they put her in the sink, and in a moment of just, like, I have, I'm going to do it, Clive pushes her underwater to drown her. And Good. it's this horrible scene where, like, he has to fight off Elsa and Dren is floundering around and, and screaming. But he, he has it in his mind, you know, this is the right thing to do. Unfortunately, thing to do. what we find out is that Dren can actually breathe underwater. She has of aquatic course. lungs. And Elsa's Great. like, oh, my God. Like, it worked. How did you know she had those? And he's like, oh, uh, you know, I think we saw an x-ray one time. And I think I saw it. I thought maybe that's what that was. Like, clearly he didn't know. Of course not. He was trying to kill her. And Elsa, you realize she knows that, but she's just going to let it slide, you know. Right. And every little gross monster family, we have all have to, like, for, like, forgive and let live. Yeah. Next thing you know, they've got, like, uh, they've been trying, like, a whole little, um, essentially tween or teen. Like, now she looks like uh, her fully grown self. So now she looks like she's supposed to be, like, in her late teens. So they've given mm-hmm. her, like, a human bed and, like, a, like, all this stuff, and Elsa's giving her, like, her dolls and jewelry and stuff from growing up. Does she talk at all? She does not talk. Okay. She makes Just sort of, sounds. like, yeah, she makes sort of, like, little, like, like purring or chittering noises. Yeah. But she doesn't, That's she what I didn't speak. like. Yeah, a lot of that. You would not like this, because there's a lot like, of that. Like, I like, I like when cats purr. I love that. But, like, I didn't like all the little, like, yeah, all that crap. A lot of that Scary. added to the. Scary. And I feel like this is where, in case you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I don't know if it was unethical before. Now it's like, okay, well, now you've given her, like, a, a teenage girl's room. Now you understand that she is a human. Like, this is, mm-hmm. you have to understand that what you've done, has you've made a terrible mistake. This is, this is a problem. This is really escalated. Yeah, I feel like the baboons from the fly would be like, mm, okay. Like, even know, this for them He's would like, be seen this line. before. This is not a good move. And so suddenly we see her grow up, and now we're so I think we're supposed to be like, oh, she was like 18 or whatever. The sexiest age for a monster to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're down there one night, Clive and Elsa end up having sex. Because I guess they had just, they've been so distracted with their monster that they haven't right. been able to connect as a couple. And oh, well, that's important. Oh, exactly. And when, and when they, <laughs> while they're having sex, Clive looks, and he can see Dren is watching them. Which again is like... I don't know anything about science, but I don't think you should have sex close enough to your experiment that your experiment can watch. Can watch you have sex. It seems For a number wrong. of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so anywho, so we see that, and so I guess we're supposed to think, well, now Dren knows about sex, which when you're raising someone with a very limited pool of knowledge is maybe a dangerous knowledge 
to have. Yes. Also, I keep right. thinking the whole time, like, if there's a plumbing issue or, like, if there's a water leak, a plumber's going to bust in them and not only see, like, this mutant they've created. But also, like, them fucking. Like, what are you guys yeah. doing? I don't know. No. This is risky on a lot of fronts. We've arrived at the shareholders' presentation where Elsa and Clive have to present Fred and Ginger in order to get the next round of funding. And they're there, and they sort of, again, like, they have not been paying attention at all to these creatures. But they're brought out, and everyone's clapping, and and CEO Joan is there, and she gives this presentation. And they bring out Fred and Ginger in a tank, but they have sort of a barrier in the middle because they're going to drop the barrier and have them do that little, like, imprinting little creature frilly tongue thing they did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so they take them out, and Clive's giving this sort of dry speech about how proteins and thin synthesis, and Elsa literally elbows out of the way. It's like, but you're here to see the creatures. And oh, they lower the barrier of the tank, and instead of greeting each other like friendly and sort of cute like they did before, the Fred and Ginger both unsheath talons like Dren has <gasps> on the end of their tail, and they just start tearing each other apart. So the audience starts screaming, you know, and Clive's trying to go to the uh, tech yeah. guy who's not prepared for this. Tech guy's like, oh, you no, know. He's like, I did not expect this. So the two creatures battle so fiercely that not only do they tear each other apart and there's blood everywhere, they knock over their display case. So the front row is showered in broken glass, blood, and like creature parts. Needless to say, we literally cut to them being chewed out by Barlow and Joan. Needless to say, the presentation was not a success. And so, you know, Joan and Barlow are like, what the hell happened? It turns out, based on them analyzing the little parts that were left of Fred and Ginger. It seems that Ginger has undergone certain... uh, Hormonal changes. Hormonal changes. She turned into a male. Which reminds me of Jurassic Park. And um, basically how, like, in Jurassic Park, they use the frog's DNA and they could switch sex as needed if, you know, if there aren't enough... Yeah males or females in the area or whatever. So I think this, we're supposed to believe that Ginger switched. And when you put two males of this species together, they just immediately became really aggressive and attacked each other. Okay. But Joan's point is, well, so how did this happen without you noticing? You know? A great question. Of course, they were too busy with Dren. So and that's also having sex at work. Yeah. Joan's, and Joan's basically like, okay, we've been fucking around too much. If you cannot produce this thing... As soon as I don't X a number of weeks, you're you're both fired, and we'll figure it out on our own. Like we own it. You did this for our pharmaceutical company. If you can't do this, then we'll do it without you. Right. Gavin is sort of also angry, and Gavin says like, "You have to get Dren out of here. Like, there Barlow was coming, and now he's going to be here every day, making sure we do this. He's obviously going to notice there's a monster in the building." And he says to them, "What was the plan?" And I think that that's the question. And they don't Very have one. Of course not. They are unprepared. And Clive is like, it's your fault that you didn't notice that, like, that Ginger changed sex. And it's like, well, in his defense, this is a totally new species that I've never been monitored before. So he right. did, maybe didn't anticipate this was happening. We, we all need to work together as a team, not be distracted by creating our new form of mutant. And Elsa says, well, you know, we could take her to that farm I own. And Clive says, you own a farm? What? And it turns out it was her mother's farm. And she okay. owns it. Her mother died. and But she doesn't want to live there and has never brought it up before because her mother had such a terrible, you know, experience. And Clive says, you know, if yeah. you ever do want to talk about your mother, you know you can, right? And she says, I don't even like thinking about her. So they take okay. Dren to the farm. And, and Dren is sort of communicating clicks and squeals. And as they're getting her out, she freaks out, obviously. Also, they're making her live oh, in yeah, the She's barn. only ever been inside of, like, a lab room. She's never she seen a, a sunlight, seen- Like, she's never been outside. So she bolts into the woods, and Clive's freaking out. And Elsa's like, don't worry, she won't leave us. And Clive's like, she already did. Like, the second she could, she ran. She's a creature. Why are we talking about, you know, like, this is her, like, teenage daughter who ran away. When they find Dren, she has killed a rabbit, and she's just disemboweling it and eating it raw. Mm. And they yell for her, and she just turns, and she's like a big bloody smile, like a dog, like being like, look what I did. I killed this thing, and I'm eating it. I got it. it. Now I'm eating it. What had they been feeding her up until now? Sort of like a vegan, like a gruel. So like— Slurry, yeah. Yeah. So just sort of like she's never had meat. She's never had anything. Never Anything. It wasn't even like they were giving her sandwiches. You know, like they had her on this like— I'm very unappetizing looking, um, you know, diet. Yes. Um, and so while they're there, uh, so they have the the barn sort of outfitted, and they also have like a big water tank because I guess she needs to be in water because she's semi-aquatic. So she could breathe okay. in or outside of water, but they have this big tank for her to like go. So she leaps into the tank and sort of like pouts like a teenager. 
and uh, and to be away from them because they yelled at her about eating the rabbit. Right. And um, so they go, uh, Clive and Elsa go into the house to sort of, they're going to stay there, I think. Um, well, they stay, they stay there, but they also have their apartment in, in the city. But they, they go to the house and they're, they're taking a look and Elsa shows Clive her childhood bedroom. And it is a absolute dump. And there's just like a bare mattress on the ground and a bucket. And it's incredibly oh. sad. And Clive says, I thought you said like your mother kept it the way you left it. And Elsa said, she did. Yeah. So we're understanding like that's oh, the level girl. of abuse we were yeah. talking about. Horrible. Right. Clive and Derek get they get to the lab the next day. Barlow was there and he's trying to crack the whip. So they kind of can't spend as much time with Dren as they'd like to. So when right. Dren has her own free time, she opens up like Elsa's childhood stuff and finds makeup. And now she's interested in makeup. She also finds um the photo of Elsa and her mother. And she's sort of like she just she's Connecting discovering things. To it? Yes. Okay. And discovering things like she wants to be human. So it's like these right. things that Elsa has given her, like dolls and, and faux jewelry and makeup, it's like, this is connecting to me to the human experience in a way that she right. really wants. She also finds a cat, and the cat sort of becomes like her secret pet. <gasps> and um, Oh, no. Yes. So, But she's very, she's very nice to the cat, and it's sort of like her lone companion, you know? Yeah. Because she's like left alone in like a water tank with a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> exactly. Again, and with no friends. It's not like she's going to right. school, you know. She's right. She's isolated. Like either she's human and she needs interaction, yes. or she's not human. And like then you need to stop treating her like your teenage exactly. daughter. You need to put like, her there's, in the zoo. There's no, you can't be in the middle. Exactly. So that night they have sort of like a domestic squabble where like she doesn't want to eat her vegetable slurry. And Clive, <laughs> they have a big argument. And Elsa's like, she didn't, she doesn't eat meat. That rabbit was just an accident, which is like another level of denial, you know? Yeah. And Dren spells out in her Scrabble tiles, because she, she can't spell words. She says, tedious mm. and outside. And when Elsa refuses to let her outside, she like flips over the table and she's going crazy and they're all having this argument. And Dren finally leaps up to the rafters and smashes in the skylight and escapes onto the roof. And it feels like, like a tiny like metaphor for the pandemic. I'm like, this is tedious. I want to go outside. I'm going to smash through the roof of this house yeah, so I can right. fucking leave. I think so. It's definitely a. I feel like she understands us. Yeah. Well, I mean, she is a part human. I do think it's like yeah. a metaphor for teenagehood, where it's like, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I just because you want to be here doesn't mean I want to be here. Also, I'm a monster, and I'm able to like right. climb and escape whenever I want to. I'm just, I'm only staying here because I choose to be here. Right. And that's what you guys should understand. So she makes it onto the roof and Clive and Elsa scramble up there. They're like, we're sorry, we're sorry. And finally, she she almost falls off the roof and she sprouts wings. And turns out she has like wings embedded oh, in her back, essentially. that's fun for her. And she's about to fly away. And then Clive says to her, Dren, we love you. Which, Dren's smart. She knows what that means. And she runs over right. and she hugs him. She's and spelled tedious. Yeah. And she runs over and it's like, oh, that's what she wanted. She wanted them to love her. So Dren hugs Clive, and it's sort of, she is accepting that, like, oh, they love me, and we're sort of a family, you know? Ah. So, again, we have a, keep passing all of these demarcations of what is ethically appropriate. This is not appropriate. No, this is not, you cannot tell the creature you created in a lab, set, like, secretly and separately from your real biological job, that you love it. So That's the next okay. day, the next day, Elsa stays home to spend some time with Dren. Clive goes in to just get yelled at by Barlow and try to synthesize his protein, which is not working. They are not able to figure it out. They're having all these problems. And Elsa does Dren's makeup, and she's talking about her own mother, how Elsa's mother didn't let her wear makeup. And she has a funny line, which is, my mother never let me wear makeup. She said it debased women, but who doesn't want to be debased every once in a while? And it's this <laughs> clear, like, mother-daughter moment, you know? Yeah. And she says to her, like, you're going to have to learn to be a grown-up. I remember what it was like at your age. It's an exciting time. Girl, she is a monster. You created yeah. a lab, and you are forcing to live in a barn. She's not you a teenage what, girl. what a grown-up her is. Like, that's not, like— Yes, exactly. What it, for all we know, what is she going to be when she's grown up? And how much, how much right. longer will she be alive? She's been alive for a couple you months, so— You don't know so. how long her life cycle is. You didn't know she had aquatic lungs until she was, like, six— so she's obviously just like, you know, like projecting this this experience yeah. of, of having a daughter from her own experience with her horrible mother. Uh, at a certain point, Elsa finds um, Dren's stash of drawings, and it's just of Clive. And they get better. She fl- uh, like flips through them, and they just keep getting better and better. <laughs> and there are no drawings of Elsa. 
And uh, Drain kind of grabs the drawings and runs in, into her little corner. And Elsa finds the cat. And she yells at uh, Dren for having the cat. Which is like, why would Dren know that she couldn't have a cat? Like, it's not like, right. we've not seen anything. About pets. Yeah, exactly. You should be happy she hasn't killed and eaten it yet. Yeah. So Elsa's yelling at her and she's like, this cat could give you diseases. Which is like, okay, that's your fault because you never took her outside. So her immune system is weak. That's, that's on you. Right. And she takes right. the cat and she says to Dren, you can't get what you want. You can't always get what you want. That's part of growing up too. It's like, okay. Mm. Again, right. I don't want to like, live in a barn where you, like, keep me, but okay. Right. Elsa knocks out. She's asleep in the house, and uh, Clive comes home, and he goes to visit with Dren. And Dren is really upset about the cat being taken away, so Clive puts on some jazzy music, and they start dancing, and they're having a good time. And there's a close-up of her little weird raptor legs dancing. That's very upsetting. No. And as they're dancing, they start to slow dance and sort of spin around, and Clive is feeling it. Clive looks at her with, like, interest. So, again, this monster mm-hmm. is, A, mm-hmm. his science experiment, B, not human precisely, and then C, I mean, like, three months being old. Being raised I mean, as his daughter. Being, and then, yeah, being raised as his daughter, right? There's a lot of problems here. And, but luckily, Clive is one tiny shred of decency left because he stops himself from kissing Dread and he leaves. To oh, me, good. I am out of there. Like, I'm quitting my job. I am going back to school. Like, whatever, I'm moving across the country. Like, I'm moving across the country. I'm starting a new life. I'm maybe changing my name. Yeah, like, once you almost kiss a monster who is your daughter, who also you created, like, that's a wrap. Yeah. That's a deal breaker, yeah. ladies. Everything about your, literally every single thing about your life needs to change. But the reason that he he realizes, and in the morning he accosts uh, Elsa while she's like making coffee, and he said, basically he realized that in that moment where he felt desire for Dren, he says to Elsa, you used your egg, didn't you? That's your daughter. And mm-hmm. Elsa's like, science, you know, actually, if you think about it, what I did was science. And Clive is like, do you really believe that? You're more fucked up than I think you are. Uh, what what is that supposed to mean? Maybe you ought to take another look at your family history. Sort of alluding to her mother. Like it's like you think your DNA is so great. Why would we use it right. to uh, you know make this to creature make thing? And he storms off and goes to work. And she uh, you know she goes in and she to see Dren and Elsa feels bad about the cat and it sort of feels like maybe I am a monster. So she takes the cat and gives it back to Dren and she says you know you're a part of me and I'm a part of you. I'm inside you. Which is like, again, how, what is Dren supposed to take from no. that? Right. Like, what? She's like, oh, I guess I won't kill my mom. Like, she doesn't know. Mm. I'm very frustrated with them. As soon as Elsa takes the cat out of the box, Dren kills it with her toxic stinger. Yeah, that makes sense. And then looks at Elsa with like a smile on her face. And Elsa slaps her across the face. Then Dren attacks her, ends up ripping the keys off of her neck. And runs to the door to escape. And as soon as she gets the door open, Elsa hits her in the head with a shovel, knocking her unconscious. Okay. It's like that's saying a lot about everyone involved. Yes, absolutely. Now you've now just assaulted your monster science daughter. Daughter. And knocked yeah. her unconscious with a shovel just so she so she would not go outside and escape. Right. You. Because you know that it's actually one, that 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 you will feel abandoned and all of mm-hmm. your, you know, emotional human family issues are resurfacing. And two, because it is objectively dangerous for the world and her. Right. For her to be out running around free. So when Dren awakens, Elsa has strapped her to like a work table in the barn and is narrating into a tape recorder like she did at her early sessions with Mm -hmm. with, uh, Dren. And she starts calling her H50 again. And she said, H50's recent violent behavior suggests dangerous psychological developments. As opposed to saying the creature's response to its environment and our behavior is actually very right. reasonable. And if she is acting violent towards a cat, it's because we have failed to raise her in a way where she understands reality, you know? Yeah. And, but she's analyzing the creature in a way where it's like, this is your fault. And, mm-hmm. and in order to rectify the direction her experiment is going, Elsa then strips Dren of her clothing, her jewelry, rubs off her makeup, and then she cuts off the end of her tail to cut the stinger off. And she cuts out, oh. like, the gland. And sort of strips her of all of her human trappings and her ability to be, like, powerful and dangerous. Violet, right. And you really do feel bad for Dren because, like, she is a creature. I but, do. like, listen, she doesn't know. She doesn't. 
No, she doesn't know any better. She doesn't know that she shouldn't, even though you think she's reasoning, she doesn't communicate with you in a real, like, human way. Also, you have been raising her to be human. So the fact that she wants to look human and now you're taking that away from her is torture. Yes. Right. And I think we're supposed to be like, this is what Elsa's mother did to her, like, dehumanize her. And now, without realizing it, this is what she's doing to Dren. Clive comes home, is horrified, and she's like, grow up. She's just our science experiment. It's like, oh, bitch. Okay, all of a sudden. <gasps> and she, ta- she takes um, Dren's tail that she cut off, and she's like, I'm going to use this um, flesh, essentially, to synthesize the DNA, and t- to synthesize the protein we need. Because Dren okay. is like Fred and Ginger, but even more so. So I should be able yeah. to use this. And Clive's like, are we not going to talk about what the fuck I just walked in on? The answer is No. Elsa stays all night working, working, working. Clive, unfortunately, goes to the house that is watching um, Dread on the security camera and watches her swim nude in the pool. And he's... Dr- now, we got some blurred lines here that I'm not happy about. <laughs> I hate those blurred lines. Yeah, that's what that song is about. <laughs> that's what that song is about. <laughs> and Clive also does this thing that you only see in movies where he touches the screen of his computer, yeah. like, as he watches <laughs> the image. It's like, no one has ever done that. No one has ever, ever, ever done that. In the morning, Elsa is walking out of the lab and Barlow's coming in. He's like, you're sneaking around at night. Just, you know, the deadline is passed. Like, you, if you couldn't synthesize that protein, I, this is a wrap. I, you are never going to get a job again. You think you're so smart. And Elsa says to him, go check the fridge. I just synthesized it. I did it. And she kind of like walks out with a little like, fuck you, dude. And Barlow yeah, just stands there speechless. I did what you needed. Yes. Yeah. She saved the company and the lab. And, and I think we're to think only she could have done it. No one else could. Right. So Clive goes to check on Dren in the morning. He's hungover and he walks in and Dren, completely nude, essentially jumps on him and kisses him. <laughs> and she sort of ha- unfurls her wings in like a mating presentation. And, you know, he pushes her away, but not for long. And in an unfortunate turn of events, Allison, he has no. sex with Dren, <gasps> who is, as you remember, Elsa's biological daughter. He's effectively his daughter who he's raising. Socially, Yes. A monster that he created. Impossibly strong, which we've seen. Incredibly strong. Yes. And as we see during their lovemaking, has regrown the poisonous sting around the end of her tail. Okay. Of course. As they're having sex, of course, Elsa walks in and sees them and is like, uh, Oh, and, no. And then storms off. She drives back to their apartment in the city. There's also a big snowstorm. And Clive takes off after her and they arrive home and Elsa's like, okay, aside from how I feel about that, you have to understand that you crossed a line that no one should cross. Right. Like, her raising... Yes. Her raising Dren as a daughter and as a human is bad, but yes. him having sex with her, I think, is worse. Yes. And I think it's like, this is an escalating, you know, yes. a- event. And he, Clive says, we changed the rules. We crossed the line and things got confused. Okay. Oh, oh, what? Oh, You're telling what me. What were you confused about? <laughs> like, yeah. But, uh, and, and, and I think Elsa on some level recognizes, like, okay, we, we are both monsters. We both yes. cross this line. Yes. They are both monsters. All three of them. They deserve each other. And they have this drag down, throw out argument where Clive says, you never wanted to have a normal child because you were afraid of losing control. And now you have an experiment and you lost control. You were right. Yeah. But unfortunately, we made this creature and we raised it as our child. Like I say, in virtually every episode of Ruined, if these people had just gone to therapy, they wouldn't be projecting all their bullshit onto this poor little creature they created. Yeah. I just feel bad for Dren. So finally, they admit that they both fucked up, and Elsa says, I synthesized the protein. So technically speaking, the experiment did succeed. So the experiment is technically over. As Clive puts it, the experiment's over. Our responsibility is to end it. So my question to you, Allison, is who will survive? Who will survive? I feel like Clyde and Dren will both die. I think that Elsa survives. Fascinating. That's my, okay. That's my guess. Even though I guess like none of them should. <laughs> and then how do we feel about Gavin? Oh, Gavin's probably going to die, and that's going to be upsetting just because, like, he's not involved. But I feel like there have to be some casualties. Absolutely. Um, And then finally, how do we feel about Barlow or the CEO, Joan? 
CEO Joan dies and Barlow survives? Okay. That's my guess. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference... Sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Elsa and Clive go back to the barn. And conveniently, Trent is very sick. And they're like, oh, right, yeah, she has that hyperfast cycle, a growth cycle. And she's dying. And they both sort of mourn her. And that night she dies. And they bury her in the frozen dirt of the farm. And they start burning everything from the barn, like any evidence that Dren ever existed. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like the first smart thing they've done this whole movie. And while they're going through all the stuff, Elsa finds a stack of drawings of her that Dren did. Because Dren did love Elsa, and she yeah. drew her all the time, which makes sense because Dren only knew two people. It's like, you think she'd right. draw you ever, you know? Right. She only drew, cl- yeah. And Elsa cries, but honestly, they're kind of getting away with it. So they're both sort of like shoveling, you know, stuff onto the fire. Right. Just then a car rolls up, and it is Gavin and Barlow. Barlow, who is not an idiot, is like, hey, um, so I saw the sample. You did synthesize the protein. The sample you used to synthesize it has human DNA in it, which Fred and Ginger do not. So I know you have a creature. And apparently he pressured Gavin, and Gavin immediately folded because Gavin's like, this is wrong, and I knew, I, I couldn't not tell him. Yes. You know, I needed someone to I relate to, step to Gavin. In. Yeah, Gavin's yeah. not wrong, you know? Yeah. It's not betrayal if your brother made a monster he's also having sex with. Like, I think you're allowed to tell Also, people. I would want the world to know about it so that we could be like, see— don't do it. Like yes. <laughs> that. This is like and so. There's no lingering. Like, what if it's great? It's like, well, it has like a stinger with poison in it, and it doesn't speak. And uh, it's impossibly you know, your strong. Partner, your partner's gonna have sex with it. Hundred <laughs> percent. So um, Barlow reasonably is enraged. He demands to see Dren, and Elsa throws him a shovel and says, "You go see her. She's in a grave behind the barn." Or is she Allison? Just then, not. something swoops in. Spoiler, it's Dren. And grabs Barlow and carries him away, like, into the trees, shrieking. And the rest of them run after him. They find Barlow's broken body hanging in a tree. And they hear this deep, masculine scream. And they look up, and Dren is on the roof of the barn. But Dren, much like Ginger, has undergone a change. And what they took to be death was just her, you know, undergoing some sort of metamorphosis. So now she is male. She is kind of jacked, but, like, still looks like Dren, like a feminine jacked guy, and also is much more aggressive. Yes. Elsa and Clive are bad scientists. This is a bad experiment. They are bad scientists. (laughs) I don't know what this experiment was supposed to prove, but they failed at it. Nothing good. 
Next thing you know, Durant has scooped up Gavin and is carrying him into the forest. I mean, Clive is obviously reasonably screaming and freaking out. They run after them. Clive drops his flashlight in the water, and he's fishing around trying to get for it. But, of course, Durant is in the water because, as we know, she, he is— She can breathe. She can breathe yeah. underwater. So he starts dragging Clive around, and um, they're both fighting them. And finally, Dren swoops in, and he chases Elsa down, and he pins her down. And Elsa screams at Dren, the now male Dren, what do you want? And Dren replies, the only words the monster speaks the entire movie. And then Dren rapes Elsa. And it goes on for longer than you think it would. Wow. Meanwhile, luckily, Clive is, you know, regaining consciousness, and he manages to stab Dren through the back with a broken branch, like, while he's on top of Elsa. Okay. And they, but unfortunately, it doesn't kill Dren, so they're still battling it out, and finally, Elsa hits Dren on the head with a rock and is about to bring it down again and hesitates, and in that moment, Dren stings Clive with the toxic stinger. Yeah. Killing Clive. Because that's back. And finally, Elsa crushes Dren's head with a rock, and Dren is dead. Sometime later, Elsa is in a meeting with Joan, who's kind of okay. excited about, like, everything. They, it's like, actually, we were able to extract all the stuff from Duran, and, like, we're going to, like, make a ton of money off of this. Okay. And we really appreciate you taking us to the next level, and we will compensate you, but please know at any point you could back out of this. And Elsa signs this contract on the table, and she stands up, and we see that oh, she no. is eight months pregnant. And Elsa gives us the movie's last rueful line, what's the worst that could happen? So, which we understand that she was pregnant with Dren's baby. And movie, right. and that, Allison, is the end of the movie. What? That is outrageous. And like, that's a great word I for it. I don't care how impressive the biology and chemistry and physics that Elsa can do. She is a bad scientist. Yes, absolutely. Now, are there any um, fatal mistakes, if you could even think of one, that may have taken place in the movie? <laughs> Mistakes. I guess, like, making Dren. Mm-hmm. That'd be probably number one. Yes. Making me her. Is like, yeah. And then also, like, using your own DNA to make her. Because you're too, con- no matter what, you're going to feel too connected to it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think for me, it's like not working through your own issues with your own mother. You know, I think that we've all made that, we all make that mistake, but you really have to, if you're going to genetically engineer a, new, a totally new species right. of humanoid, you have to really process your own trauma. Your first. own trauma. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, don't have sex with mon- don't have sex with a monster. Oh yeah, I think that that should be like kind of a given at all times. But this mm-hmm. really hammered home um, that you shouldn't have sex with monsters. Yeah, if you take if you, human or otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point. If yeah, if you listeners at home could take anything from this movie, please take that. Yeah, don't have sex with monsters. And then finally, Allison, where would you place Splice on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. Our spooky scale is, of course, on a, a scale of one to ten screams. Sure, and it sure. is not how good a movie is, but rather how scary we found it. In this case, Allison, it's solely on my retelling of it. Yes, yes. I want to put Splice at like an eight, I think. Oh, okay. Because maybe a seven. Okay. Because Adrian Brody takes it down a, a notch. He's given his all. I'll say, listen, I thought this is one of his finer roles. Good for him. Um, it's just, like, hard to take his, like, vibe seriously as mm-hmm. a scientist. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think the unknown factor where they're like, oh, like, we know what's going to happen with this. We understand what the life cycle is. With, like, And mm-hmm. to be proven wrong so constantly means, like, you're just never— there's, like, a feeling of just, like, never being comfortable. Right. Versus, like, a human murderer who, like, you could know, like, okay, well, he can't pass through, like, he can't poison me with a stinger. He can't, like, suddenly come back to life from, you know, there's... Right. I feel like um, I'm going to give this a four because I do like Splice. I think it is, like, a classic, like, not so bad it's good because I don't think it's bad, but it is sort of, like, it's a little too much. You know, it's mm-hmm, just a little mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. But in a way that mm-hmm. I find very fun. So I think I found it more fun than I thought it was scary. I also mm-hmm. think 
yeah, once you watch a movie, we're like, okay, well, I knew I would I wouldn't do all this. You know, I to me, right. If I'm if I'm relating to the human protagonist and they start doing a series of things that I know there's no way I would do, then that, that's less scary. I was like, okay, well, then I'll tap out. You know, versus like the thing where it's like they were also were dealing with a creature they couldn't tap out. Like they it didn't right. really matter what they did. It was just right. an onslaught or the mist even. Yeah. So this, I'm like, well, okay, but I wouldn't have done that. So I, it's less scary to think about myself yeah, in that no, situation. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Especially when something is like your creation and your control. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed Splice. And please, if you're going to make a humanoid, mutant, alien creature, yeah. alien-looking creature in your lab, do not have sex with it. Yeah, just don't have sex with it. And also, go to therapy before you even go down that road. Yeah, go to therapy. Go to therapy. And before you do, actually after you do, please. Always, I guess. Keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.